0: One ideas to grow your ministry and engage your supporters? Coming to you from QT4CM.org. This is the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. And here's your host, David Allen.
1: We have Stan Belishev with us today. Stan is an entrepreneur and an author and a life coach. He also served as a youth pastor for more than 10 years, and that experience has allowed Stan to understand the hearts and potential of the younger generation. And this has set him on a path to disciple the younger generation, to influence the nations. Several of you listeners have written in and asked us to talk about how to engage the next generations in ministry work. You likely recall our earlier episodes with church sociologist Dr. Joel Thiessen, who explained to us that if you want to know where a church is going in the future, you just have to look at your young people. And society at large in North America is moving away from weekly religious attendance. Dr. Thiessen had pointed out that one in two teenagers never attend religious services today. One in two teenagers. And one in three teenagers say they have no religion. Some church leaders are wringing their hands, anguishing and alarmed, and wondering how to deal with the dwindling number of youth in our churches today. Now, Stan... I gather from your book that you say the solution is actually hidden within the generation of elders. And you point out in particular that what is desperately needed are spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers to disciple youth in their churches. We don't necessarily need more youth programs, but we need more authentic intergenerational engagement. Thank you, Stan, for joining us today and agreeing to outline some of your advice from your book, Generation Gap, Raising the Next Generation of Leaders.
0: David, thank you for having me on your program.
1: Let's get right to the point here, Stan. Why are spiritual fathers and mothers needed? And why is there a current absence of them in our local churches? And how did you identify this crisis?
0: Before I begin answering your question, let me just quickly digress and uh, share about my personal background life and my spiritual journey. When I uh, gave my life to the Lord and, and it was attending church, uh, and the most part, I found it obviously boring as a new believer. And when I began to attend youth services, they were also a little boring to me uh, because I didn't see the difference between what was happening in the church and what was happening, you know, within the youth services and youth gatherings. And also, there, you know, I sensed a lot of legalism and a lot of religiosity, at least from my perspective. And I, and I, and I felt very disconnected. I felt disconnected that you know. Everybody was either too righteous for me, you know, things are going well for me, and I was way, way behind. And uh, when uh, the Lord really got a hold of my heart uh, and I began to pray and I said, Lord, look, uh, I don't want, uh, you know, the younger generation to experience what I have experienced. And I want them to grow in you. I want them to fall in love with you. And what the Lord put on my heart is to begin to reach out to the younger generation. And that obviously opened up the doors for me to become a youth pastor. And I had the privilege of being a youth pastor for more than 10 years. And throughout those 10 years, I didn't put myself in the position, well, let me share a good message with them. Let me, you know, just tell them another Bible story. I wanted to relate with them. I wanted to connect with them. And by God's grace, He allowed me to do so. And within the last three years, when I was involved in the youth ministry... Specifically what the Lord put on my heart was to actually disciple them, to raise young leaders, to truly become that spiritual father to them, to become that role model to them. And uh, I've uh, began to devote much of my time in raising young leaders by gathering together with a group of individuals whom I was uh, personally grooming and raising, teaching them, training them, uh, releasing them on uh, different various assignments, allowing them to grow, allowing them to make mistakes, uh, allowing those whom I thought uh, had uh, the ability or the calling or the gifting to preach to preach. And I even know that there were times when I was only preaching once every four or five weeks at our youth gatherings and our youth services because I wanted them to grow. I wanted them to mature. And of course I can share many other examples about that for my personal life. But if I may go back to this question uh, that you previously asked, David, was why are spiritual fathers and mothers needed? Well, one of the main reasons is because uh, this current culture is successfully discipling the younger generation. And they're doing a very great job. Now, when, I, when I'm when i talking about, you know, this current culture, what am I referring to? Well, there's many factors, but I want to address, I guess, eight primary uh, areas where uh, they're discipling and raising our children and the youth. And these main areas of what I call, you know, they're part of our culture right now. One of them is the social network, the internet. Uh, like never before in the recent years, the whole social network just uh, bloomed and more and more of the younger generation are spending their time in there. The question is. What is taking place in that social network? Well, absolutely anything and everything. Another area that is currently uh, successful discipling the younger generation is the media. That's movies, uh, TV shows, news networks. I mean, you name it. Uh, uh, so what, what they're showing, the, especially through these TV reality shows, uh, where they have to blur out certain images, they have to beep certain lines, and whatever before was radar R is right now becoming PG-13, and whatever you know was shown Shown on regular uh, tv programs which you know had uh, censorship of family right now it, it almost looks like it's rated r and uh, of course that is leaving a major impact and imprint especially when they have access to all these programs just at a touch of their finger another uh, area that's currently discipling the younger generation is sports. Uh, of course, this is kind of very unique. You may think, you know, why sports? You know, sports are good things. Of course they are. My children play sports. I am for sports. But when you look at more on a professional level, especially if you had a chance to go to like professional stadiums or events, a lot of that is saturated with commercials. Uh, and when you begin to look at these billboard signs, when you're driving on highway or even throughout the whole stadium, you usually see the popular athlete star with, the, with like a Budweiser in their hand or some kind of alcoholic beverages so the whole theme of of sports where it's supposed to be you know teaching uh, the younger generation or children good principles and they are right now is just being bombarded through other uh, immoral images and and, uh, things that are sending out the wrong image and I do remember when I took my son uh, who plays baseball for the first time uh, to to a professional uh, stadium Uh, back then I lived uh, in Massachusetts and somebody gave us tickets uh, to the New York Mets of course there were free. They're like a uh, $100 tickets each. And when I came to the stadium, I had my uh, eight-year-old son with me, you know, all around. The stadium is big, is all overwhelmed. But when I looked around, you know, I see a bunch of dads and parents would with alcoholic beverages and their children around them. I look around, I see a bunch of billboard signs, again, with alcoholic beverages. So, in a sense, you're supposedly seeing the game, but at the same time, you're being bombarded with all these wrongful images. And another area that's successful discipling uh, the younger generation is politics. And why politics? Well, of course, through policies and various laws. Just, you know, in recent years, we've seen so much change within politics. The new laws that have been coming out, the the new uh, regulations, and just things that are attacking uh, what is supposed to be uh, a a God-type family, Uh, marriages, and and many other moral principles are right now have become immoral. And and so many things are just coming out uh, that is just uh, literally uh, forcing us as families and as Christians to to literally uh, stand up for our families and, and really to fight. And where we're noticing that even our rights are literally just being pulled away from us because of these just policies are being coming out another area uh, that's discipling uh, the younger generation is academia that's schools colleges uh, teachers and professors I guess it's not a secret it's it's in almost you know many countries including United States where uh, a lot of these teachers and professors they're liberal uh, atheists uh, they have their own specific ideology which is like a religion in its own and of course, when you have these teachers and professors who have these type of belief systems and ideologies, and we have our children who are seeing them on a daily basis, on a weekly basis for many hours, well, you better believe it that they're being brainwashed. Not only are they teaching their specific sub- subject matter, but they're also releasing uh, the The belief system that they have uh, into our children, and of course, just by the recent survey uh, that's been been done I believe it was done through Barner research is that uh, if our children are not fully rooted and grounded in God and His Word and His principles. That when they step into college, that after the first year and two years of college, more than 80% of them step away from their faith. More than 80% of them. That's an enormous statistic and a very sad statistic. Another area is obviously literature. Uh, there's just so much literature that's out there, not only through the media, but even the, that our children, the younger generation, can have access to that has the wrongful message. Even right now, uh, certain schools are releasing literature concerning you know, same-sex marriage. Yes, these are hot topics, uh, important subjects, but they're already interned into our education uh, system. And another area that's successful disciple in this younger generation is music, uh, of course through these artists and the message that they're trying to convey. I don't need to mention any names; you can just go out there on YouTube and listen to many of them. What kind of message they're trying to relate to them? And of course, that's leaving an impact. And another one, very uniquely, that's disciple in this younger generation is video games. Of course, you know video games have came a long way. I do remember playing a Nintendo for the first time myself. Uh, in comparison to graphics that they have right now, a lot has changed. But it's a lot more beyond than graphics. There's a lot of video games out there that are just so destructive to the mindset of the child, uh, especially all these killing games, shooting games, these zombie games. It may seem like, oh, it's all cool, but but then we eventually see other things take place where they begin to express uh, more aggression and many other things. And of course, uh, to to go back to to the question uh, again, David, is why is there an absence uh, in our churches concerning these? spiritual fathers and mothers. Well, I can talk many different things, but some of the most uh, important points that I want to address in regards to this is why spiritual fathers and mothers are absent is that many of them or some of them have stepped away from the original God-given mandate, which uh, obviously the Bible emphasized, and that's making disciples. And in Matthew, when we read uh, chapter 28, verse 19, uh, Jesus said, go therefore and uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, A disciple is a student. A disciple is a learner, a fan, as the dictionary says, a witness and a follower. So making disciples is somebody that uh, will follow a teacher, somebody that they follow something. And this is something that's very important that uh, the body of Christ uh, understands, that the uh, parents understands, that church leadership understands. It's not only, hey, you know, you gave your life to the Lord. Great. That's awesome. at school. Let's come to church. You know, we've got a few things for you. Here's a devotional book or a devotional Bible. And it's from there. No, we need to now make Uh, that convert, a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And this goes the same way uh, for our children, for the younger generation. Another reason for the absentee of these spiritual fathers and mothers is the lack or the improper misunderstanding of what role parents or church leadership and mature Christians need to fulfill in regards to becoming, you know, those spiritual fathers and mothers uh, to the younger generation. And what I mean by that is uh, that we we need to fully grasp that uh, we as parents or as, as church leadership or mature Christians, we play an important role, not just uh, making sure that the younger generation goes to church, that they love God, and they read the Bible and, and they pray and do other things, but to actually uh, teach them, to actually train them, and this is this was one of my struggles when I you know when I was growing in the Lord, I, I did not fully see that in my church, and as I began to reach out to the younger generation, I began to connect with others from other churches They were going through the same thing. They're like, look, you know, it just feels like you know when I'm going to church or to youth, it's like kind of a just another. In, in type of a uh, institution or like a club or a place just to kind of hang out. I don't, I don't feel like where I can just fully grow and develop and go from there. And, uh, of course, it's very important that we, we understand these things as the Bible teaches us. Another reason for this is uh, obviously not willing to understand the current culture and its influence. Uh, we, we need to grasp that every generation carries its own fragment of its own cu- culture, the way they see things, the way they interpret things, the way, not only necessarily the way they talk, the way they behave and the way they dress. Of course, it's always going to be different through generations, but, uh, Every culture uh, through every generation carries its own specific influence, the things that they are actually, w- w- what's happening and how they're influencing the younger generation. For example, I mean, even with this generation right now, we, we can all agree that uh, the whole social network is pro- is is big. It's huge the way it's uh, obviously uh, impacting this generation. And this wasn't the case, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Another thing is that... Uh, why we don't really see much of this uh, of the spiritual fathers and mothers, and you know, others? the fear of being so disconnected with this generation due to lack of rapid shift in growth in knowledge and in the media and the social network, of course, uh, because there is such a huge explosion in the area, you know. Parents, uh, I'm a parent myself, and you know, church leadership and mature Christian, they feel like they're disconnected, they're not able to fully connect, but that's not the case. They're able to connect, we just need to apply that effort and use the tools and resources. Another reason is not asking the right questions to the right individuals, and in this case, to the younger generation. Uh, what, what I mean by that, uh, in other words, we need to stop asking others for their opinions or their suggestions about the needs of our children and the younger generation, and obviously. Uh, begin to humbly ask the younger generation uh, about what their needs are and what their desires are, not what their wants are. You know, you can, uh, a- a- as a parent, you know, I-, I may like this, I may want that. But it's much different when I come up to my son or my daughter and say, what would you like? Well, yes, I may like strawberry ice cream, but my son may not like strawberry ice cream. He may like chocolate ice cream. So it's very important for us to to humbly uh, ask Uh, the younger generation, uh, what is in their hearts and begin to listen to them. Because, of course, we can always... Hear so many different, various opinions from many different people. What they have to say. Why the younger generation is leaving the church. Why the younger generation is no longer interested in God. Why they're rebellious and etc. etc. But if we we're to sit down and to talk with them one on one with groups, it doesn't really matter. We'll be able to grasp their heart. And the last one, which is also a big one, why there's a lack or of these spiritual fathers and mothers, is what I call uh, the King Saul syndrome. It's a you know kind of a funny uh, expression, but obviously that comes from the Bible. And what we know from the Bible is the issue that King Saul had with David, especially him knowing that King David was anointed to become king. He was jealous for him. Uh, He was jealous that he was able to kill one of the greatest enemies, Goliath. He was jealous for him because on the streets the sinners begin to sing. You know. Saul has killed thousands, but David has killed tens of thousands, and a much more greater report started being spoken of this young, handsome man, David, and King Saul became very jealous. And of course, this in the most part relates to pastors and church leaders. Uh, it's sad, but, but it's a truthful fact that the, there's a good handful of them that they they want to hold on to their position they're fearful that the person people who are around them that are younger they do have talent who, who do have god-given given purpose and potential and when they begin to see it they become intimidated by it and but that's not the case uh no church pastor or church leader should ever be intimidated by anyone else especially if they're much more younger they need to learn how to embrace it and uh, that's very important uh, for us to, to, to grasp in this area
1: hmm. Okay, Stan. So uh, we in the elder generation really need to move past the barriers of feeling intimidated and to find ways of relating to the younger generations in healthy ways. So what are some of the fundamental steps that parents and church leadership and mature Christians can do in order to become those role models as spiritual fathers and mothers?
0: Uh, in regards to why are some of the what are some of the fundamental steps that parents or church leadership uh, or mature christians can do in order to become these spiritual fathers or as i call uh, ro- role models and uh, there are some th- things I would like to share that are possible. I mean, for for time's sake, there's just so many things. But here are some of these basic fundamentals that uh, we can do as parents, as church leaders, as mature Christians, to become these spiritual fa- fathers and mothers. One of them is to be more relational. What do I mean by that? Of course, uh, this younger generation, like, like no other generation, they can tell if you're genuine or you Or if you're fake. And of course, we see this in the most part, especially through the whole uh, social uh, network evolution that has taken place. Why? Because they're socializing so much. There's so many things that are being posted on social network amongst our friends, so on and so forth. Not that it's all genuine, but but they're very open. This generation is very open like never before. And of course, if they're not sensing that you're, you're a very relational person, that you desire a relationship with them, they're going to say, you know what, I want nothing to do with this person. And they'll even go as far as saying this, I want nothing to do with this church. And I want nothing to do with Christianity, and so on and so forth. Uh, another uh, key uh, fundamental is to be more relevant. Uh, what I mean by that is we need to learn how to speak in their current inner language. what does that mean to speak in their current inner language? In other words, get to know their inner needs. What are their inner e- needs? And begin to ask them, what is God currently speaking into their hearts? This is very, very important. It's like any parent will sit down with their child and say, okay, son or daughter, what's in your heart? What are you going through? Share with me your problems, your school problems, your you know relationship problems, your friendship problems, so on and so forth. And when we're able to sit down and uh, understand what's in our heart. We'll be able to be relevant with them and connect more and more with them. In other way, we can uh, uh, become those spiritual role models as a key fundamentalist to begin to understand or to discover this generation's purpose and assignment from God for this time and for this generation. This is very important. Why? Because I believe every generation has a specific assignment. And throughout the whole Bible, we see many situations, even throughout history and Christianity. And one of them is when King David, he wanted to build a temple uh, for God. But God's like, no, you're not going to build this temple for me. Your son David is going to, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, your son Solomon, he's gonna, the one that's going to build this temple for me. And of course, only this specific generation will be able to bring the greatest impact and influence into their generation. Why? Because they understand this generation. And I believe that God specifically equips every generation with a specific uh, assignment, with a specific calling, with a specific anointing, and he gives them the tools and resources to do so. Another way is uh, key fundamentalist to help them to discover their God-given purpose, identity, and calling. This is very big that uh, we, we need to understand what is their purpose, what is their calling, what is the gifting that they have in their life. Not what we want to p- place on them, but what they have in of them. Another factor is uh, provide opportunities where they can release and operate in their God given gifts, talents, and potential. And I'm not referring to, well, give an opportunity to be preachers, singers, or missionary work, or some kind of evangelistic outreaches, because that's only a small percentage of the gifts that God has given to his children. There's a lot more gifts that's hidden within our children and the younger generation that they can portray. And we need to begin to discover that. That's one of the purposes and goals of a spiritual father and a mother. Another reason is to raise young leaders this is another big one we see throughout the whole bible young leaders rising up and being very impactful from david from joseph from prophet jeremiah to uh, samson to prophet samuel to mary who gave birth to, uh, to, to jesus our savior to timothy even the 12 disciples many of them are young just because hollywood put on some you know big beards on them and some heavy makeup doesn't mean they were in their 40s and their 50s no they were very young and of course the last one uh, suggestion is uh, to have genuine love love for this generation. Of course, love can say, well, yeah, we need to love her. But no, no, I'm serious. saying to have genuine love for this generation. And through this, why? Because uh, they, they are different. This generation is different and they are rebellious in, in their own ways. But still, they're human beings and God loves them because they're his also creation.
1: Thank you for your time with us, Stan.
0: These are just some of the things that I wanted to you know, address and point out to you.
1: That was Stan Belishev author of Generation Gap, Raising the Next Generation of Leaders. Stan can be reached through his website at www.stanbelyshev.com. You can also get the links to Stan's resources through our show notes at qt4cm.org. Stan's book is available from Amazon. It's called Generation Gap, Raising the next generation of leaders. Stan's intent is to challenge every parent, church leader, and mature Christian to become a spiritual father or mother by discipling the younger generation. Stan also sheds light on why there is a gap between the younger and older generation in our local churches and in Christianity, which often results in the younger generation leaving their church and their Christian faith. Stan also developed a leadership training curriculum which focuses on raising and discipling the next generation of godly leaders. We would like to thank the sponsor of this podcast, The Great Commission Foundation. The Great Commission Foundation provides financial management, administrative services to ministries, and handles charity donation, receiving and government compliance in both the United States and Canada. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. We would value your feedback by taking our one-question survey. You'll find the link in our show notes at qt4cm.org. Until next time, be encouraged. God is with us. Serve with joy.